I don't know if there's anything more suitable than coffee and the blues. Meet me for coffee podcast this week with Whiskey Bayou Records artist Alistair Green. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, and I and I brought coffee, so we're in. Yeah, you're uh, a big Bang Theory mug there with, with the yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you take your coffee? Uh, just a little bit of a little bit of almond beverage. You're not supposed to say yeah. almond milk anymore, so I'm saying almond beverage to be uh yeah, how, do they, how do they milk the almond? I don't know. That's see, that's that's the big <laughs> that's the question, right? How? How do you do it? Like, you know, coconut milk. Uh, <laughs> I can understand that, but like, almond milk. I guess you can make yeah. milk out of anything, right? Like technically, I'm I'm sure technically you can. Well, skim milk, for example, um is not even like they take all the nutrients out and they put it back in. So right. Well, I guess anything's possible. Maybe we'll see carrot milk in the future. But <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, I know for it's, on. it's morning in your neck of the woods and afternoon uh, where I am. And uh, the blues, man, like the blues uh, has such a uh, vast and deep history. Uh, what got you started, man? Well, you know, originally I was a, a rock and roll kid, like uh, a lot of people growing up in Southern California in, in the 80s. So I it was the first music that I was into uh, after my mom's record collection, which was basically the Beatles, was I got into a lot of hard rock of the time. You know, the the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, was happening in the early 80s. And then being this close to L.A., of course, Van Halen was on my radar. And so I always loved that music and I still do love that music. But I got turned on to blues. Uh, like I think my junior year of high school, a friend of my dad's loaned me some records and the players that i was gravitating towards when i was listening to hard rock were guys like eddie van halen uh jakey lee from ozzy's band vivian campbell who played with with dio and all those guys had blues roots or at least british blues roots or or you know like johnny winter almond brothers you know cream uh, hendrix zeppelin so there was something in that playing that i really liked with those guys and so when i finally heard stevie ray vaughn and, and johnny winter and bb king and buddy guy i kind of realized well this is the source of where these guys kind of get their stuff and so i really wanted to do my homework and 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 create something of my own with that with that as my base and I just sort of sort of stayed there. I don't I don't consider myself like a blues man. I'm I'm a I'm a blues rock guy. I'm a I'm a rock person that loves this music. Uh, and so I just really got into it and dove dove in, and it's really never ending. There's always an artist to discover in the blues genre. You know, you can go back to acoustic players or you know the early electric players, and so many great you know guitar players and singers and songwriters from Chicago and Memphis. So that's kind of how I got into it, and. I've just kind of lived there for the last 20 something years or whatever it's been 30 years. I don't know. That, that's amazing. I mean, like first off, what kind of caught me off guard there? I know you're an old guy, but you know, old like, guy. Hey, I'm not that old. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying like you, you, your dad's friend gave you records. When do you ever hear that? Um, you know, man, I'm surrounded by, I mean, I, there's some vinyl back there. I got vinyl. I got vinyl down here. Um, I got vinyl over, you know, records that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that was, that was the medium. I mean, I, I was, I kind of caught the end of eight track tapes. 
Uh, and, but, you know, cassette tapes are a big thing. I still have cassettes that I should probably get rid of in the garage, but yeah, vinyl, man, that was it. That was what you listened to. That's what turned you on to music was, was vinyl. And then if, if you had, if you're lucky to know someone that had a, a, a cassette deck that was turned, that was hooked up to a turntable, you'd go over to their house and you'd put the record on a cassette tape and then you could take the cassette tape in a, you know, a car or play it on a, on a boom box. There's another old term for you. <laughs> you know what? Like it's, it's just so crazy that vinyl has had some crazy resurgence in the last couple of years it's great i think it's i think that's I mean, killer it's really, it's really really rare um especially now for someone to give another person records um it's yep. usually someone going out of their way to order or purchase it have it come to your door mm-hmm. uh second um when your influence is johnny winter uh that guy I'm pretty sure he can go head to head. He could have gone head to head with uh, Jimi Hendrix. Oh um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of those players from that era. I mean, Hendrix obviously had a, a special thing with his playing and, and what it is that he created as a songwriter and as a, as a sonic architect, if you want to use that word, just pulled that one out of thin air. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Johnny Winter, just as far as pure guitar playing, put him up against anybody from that genre and, and, and whatever other you know genre. I mean, he had the substance because he did his homework and was just immersed in that music. And he had the technique and the flash, you know, like he could just he could wow you with these crazy things on the guitar. So, yeah, he was definitely a, a heavy, heavy player. There's no doubt. And, and he just sit in the, in the chair and play. Uh, at the end yeah towards the end uh you know early on if you go on youtube and look at older performances you know those guys were rocking and jumping around and he wore wild outfits and there may have been some some uh some substances involved in those days if you watch some of those performances but yeah i i didn't get to see him uh till the, till the later years when when they'd bring him out and, and sit him down he still played and sang and, and sang good but yeah i mean over time your ability you know is going to, is going to diminish, you know, to some extent, but, uh, yeah, ma'am killer. He was a killer. No doubt. I had a chance to see a, a Woodstock documentary on the concert. Uh, okay. And it never occurred to me that the amps were not that powerful. The PA was not that powerful during those, those concerts. Right. So you, you could not hear anything at the back. You gotta be very, very quiet. Yeah. I, I yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know wattage wise what they had, but yeah, back then, I mean, there were, you know, I don't know, what the PA technology was, but yeah, they would just, I think the PA f- early on was really just used for vocals and they weren't necessarily miking up drums or guitar amps or anything. So they would just, that's why you'd see those guys just bashing as hard as they could or, or whatever. And I think when, you know, when the full stack came out, you know, the, the, the Marshall full stack came out and some other companies, you know, that's when they started, you know, to get louder and louder. And, and finally, I think the technology you know, caught up and they started miking things up and putting them to the PA and PA's got more powerful. But yeah, back in the day, man, it wasn't a lot of watts. Even no. the show lights, right? Like the show lights that would shine on the crowd or whatever. <laughs> right. go like a couple, a couple hundred feet, right? So uh, it, it's just so crazy to, to, to look back and, and see the history of rock and roll or blues or mm-hmm. um, even rap, like, you know, the, the, the origins of rap and, you know, and NWA and, everything that happened out in California, like what a revolution yeah. um, of rock and roll and, and music over the course of the eighties, early nineties, or even no thousands. Right. Um, you got um, an amazing record that just uh, dropped um, the new world blues, man. Uh, you, you, where'd you get, where'd you record this? This is a very cool record. Uh, Joe Bonamassa can't stop listening to it. And that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, a, that's a fact. That's interesting. Right. Um, yeah. 
I recorded this record uh, outside of New Orleans in Louisiana uh, with Tab Benoit, his home studio in Homa, Louisiana. And I met Tab a few years ago at a festival in Las Vegas called the Big Blues Bender. And we became friends and, and hung out. And, and a couple of years ago, he's like, hey, man, I've got a record label. Do you want to come down and make a record? And it was just a no brainer. So I went down there with with a handful of songs that I'd written. And but I also wanted to stay kind of open to the process. And, you know, so Tab is he's mainly known as a singer, songwriter, guitar player. Uh, in the blues blues rock genre i mean he's he's a, he's a he's a legend in in men in the blues community and he also is a drummer and he's a really good drummer and he's a really good studio engineer and mixer and master so he did a lot on this record he played drums he produced he mixed it he mastered it and he also helped me arrange some songs and we also wrote a couple songs together while i was down there and one of my objectives was to make a record that didn't sound like anything else that I'd done previously. And I, and I'm really happy because I feel like I accomplished that in a few different ways. One was playing with him on drums and he's got a unique feel on the drums and his, and his bass player, Corey um, has, you know, those guys grew up down there. They grew up in the Bayou. They grew up with this different flavor of music. I grew up in Southern California, so I've got whatever flavor I've got. Right. And so I think we really met in a really cool place. So it's, it's blues rock, but, but the rhythm section is from New Orleans essentially. So there's this kind of funk and greasy feel to a lot of the songs and uh, that I wouldn't have had if I had played with my guys necessarily because they didn't grow up there with those feels. And, and I wanted to let Tab and Corey kind of have have their you know freedom to do what they wanted to do with the grooves and, and stuff like that. So I'm really happy with it. And the fact that, you know, when it came out, it was uh, number three on the Billboard Blues chart the week it came out. And the single is in uh, rotation on Sirius FM on the BB Kings Bluesville. And Joe added a song to his uh, Sirius XM show this week, and I'm on one of his Spotify playlists. So it's it's nice to put something out and have people that that have done well that you respect in the business support your endeavors, and and you hope that that just kind of helps to elevate you uh, elevate your career. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, congratulations! You know, Thanks. I mean, it's actually very cool to have some type of support, some real support. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, not just people who say they support you, but uh, it actually shows that they support you. Absolutely. That's such a great accomplishment. It's, 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 come, yeah, on, well, come on, that's great. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I've got a great team uh, working this record, uh, radio and press and the label. So, I mean, it's really, I mean, I, I write songs and I record them. And when the time comes, I'm going to hopefully go perform them. Uh, but, you know, I do have a great team behind it. And, and so that's, you know, it really does take that. It takes... It takes a village, as they say, but it takes more than just the artist. I mean, I do a lot of things here on my own, you know, social media wise, uh, you know, and emailing and booking and keeping things organized. But it really it really is a daunting task to put a record out and get it heard. You know, I mean, because anyone can make a record now a days at home. I mean, I have a little home recording studio. I, I play on people's records from here. That's why there's guitars everywhere. But uh but yeah, man, that's what it takes. It takes it takes true believers, as, as I call them, whether they're on your team, you know, or they're people like, you know, Bonamassa or whoever, you know, at, uh, you know, at Sirius XM or whatever radio stations and press. It takes people that believe to uh, try and push you on through to the other side, as they say. Absolutely. Maybe Joe Bonamassa will bring you up on stage sometime or maybe you never know. Collaborate <laughs> on something, man. Like, you never the know. So, the blues is so um, um, 
is so passionate and is so um you know the, the way someone plays uh, the guitar or the bass or it just all messes like it, it meshes together pretty well sometimes right yeah well it's it's you know the music you know the music was born of of struggle from the black american experience and so it's rooted in feeling and you know by the time it gets to someone like me from southern california you know i'm going to put my flavor on it but you know where it comes from is there it comes from black americans and and i think that needs to be acknowledged and that needs to be celebrated and that needs to be respected but yeah i mean it's rooted in feeling it's a it's a music that's rooted in in emotions and feeling and and real life and positive and negative i mean it is i mean a lot of people say oh the blues is so sad it's like it's not it's 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 about everything it's about struggle but it's also about celebration and you know i happen to you know joe and a lot of other people put a lot of rock and roll into it because that's kind of where we're coming from. But if you listen to the, the source, you know, that's what I encourage people to do to really kind of get the real feeling of blues, you know, it's, 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 it's an open, an open-minded genre, right? It, not- you know, it is. I mean, like with any genre, I think that there's people that just like specific things, you know, um, you know, there's some people that, only like the more rocking stuff and it's harder for them to listen to some of the older acoustic things maybe because sonically it's a little bit more difficult and there's people that just love chicago blues and anything outside of that you know maybe it's too rocking or it's you know too mellow or whatever but in general i like to think of the genre as accepting and and that that people are have an open mind and want to listen to all kinds of stuff because it really is a a pretty deep genre once you start going back in time and listening to the old originators of it, you know, and then also listening to where it's kind of gone. Uh, I'm not, I'm not totally up on current music to be completely honest, but I know there's bands that have taken, you know, the blues influence and taken it places, you know, like black keys or whoever and, and, and whatnot. And I mean, I'm, of course I'm aware of these people. I just, you yeah. know, don't know. I couldn't tell you a bunch of songs and records, but, um, or Larkin Poe is another great example. Um, you know, Joe, uh, and then, you know, there's modern artists. There's a guy named Taranzo Cannon from Chicago, who's a great, uh, black blues rock player who's taken the music and a lot of cool places and is very deeply rooted um in the music so yeah it's it's a, it's an amazing genre and and i'm you know this is kind of where i've lived for most of my musical career with the music that i've performed is is in the blues and blues rock genre van halen man you got the the shirt on right now yes i do man i uh i'm still uh I'm still a fan. Uh, he was a huge influence on me. I wore this shirt kind of intentionally. <laughs> I was going to be on the show. Um, and I think, you know, it's talking about originators of genres and whatnot. You know, I mean, that guy, as far as a guitar player goes for me, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be playing guitar if it wasn't for Freddie Van Halen. I mean, who knows? Maybe I would be, but that was, you know, and, and he was, you know, one of those guys again, he was kind of a source point. Where'd you get your stuff? And he'd say, oh, I liked Zeppelin or I liked, you know, Cream or, or, you know, whatever Clapton and stuff like that. And so you go and you listen to that stuff and you find that music. And when you ask Eric Clapton what he liked and he'll say, you know, I like Muddy Waters and Helen Wolf or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, even though Van Halen isn't a blues guy per se, he's part of that lineage. You can trace where he got his stuff all the way back to, you know, the blues. It's, it's, it's really cool to look back at their history because originally Alex was playing guitar. Mm-hmm. playing drums right. so okay. imagine if that never happened, <laughs> <just> never happened. <laughs> yeah i know i uh 
my high school chemistry teacher went to went to high school with the with the Van Halen brothers and I came into I don't know what grade I was in 10th or 11th grade and I came into class one time wearing a Van Halen not this Van Halen shirt but a Van Halen shirt and and she said oh I went to high school with Edward and I was like no way and she brought in her yearbook the next day and like showed me his picture in the yearbook and all this stuff and and I was like, well, what was it like? Did you ever see him play? I was such a nerd. I'm still a nerd, really. And I was like, did you get to see him play? And she's like, oh, yeah, he'd play backyard parties. And, you know, my boyfriend and him would go play racquetball or whatever, tennis or something. And I was like, bugging out. And I'm like, did you realize that you were in the presence of greatness? And I was like, no, it was just Edward playing his guitar in the backyard. And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's nice to hear the stories from a friend of a friend of yours. You know, it's. Uh, oh, yeah. I love that kind of a friend of, of mine or whatever you call that kind yeah. of story. It's so cool because I've always wanted to talk to that guy. Now I guess it really can't. I know, you know, there's some good interviews, you know, I, I, you know, it's interesting whenever, whenever one, like a hero of mine or, or a musician of, of import, you know, passes, I tend to go and listen to the music first and just absorb the catalog and weep or whatever it is I need to do to go through the process. And so, you know, when, 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 uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away. I went through and listened to all the records and, and everything. And it's, and it's amazing, man. I mean, he, you know, and then you go on, you can go on the YouTube rabbit holes for days. And there's a lot of great interviews with him uh, that I hadn't seen. Cause I hadn't, you know, really done that in a while. Are, you know, are, we, you, are we saying all the records, like all the David Lee Roth records, all pretty much everything. I mean, I'm, I'm of the, the, that's my favorite lineup is the David Lee Roth lineup. Um, you know, don't ask me to pick a favorite record. That's, that's tough, but you know, but again, because of my age, I kind of came along after David. I mean, I was aware of Van Halen when David Lee Roth was in the band and I had a couple records, but by the time I was getting ready to go to see concerts, he'd left, you know, I was, what, 1984 was the last record he did. So this is how old I am. I was 13 in 1984. And um, so by the time I saw Van Halen, Sammy Hagar was, was fronting the band. And I still like, I mean, I still like that stuff. And I think they wrote some great songs. And I think, uh, you know, Sammy Hagar's got a, a great voice. I mean, if you listen to the old Montrose stuff, that's kind of where Van Halen kind of got some of their vibe is from the early Montrose stuff when Sammy Hagar was fronting Montrose. So I don't hate that stuff like a lot of other people do. I don't have the Gary Sharon record that he did, um, but I have the Sammy Hagar stuff. And I, and I think, you know, there, it's not, my favorite stuff, but there's some really good songs and some, and Eddie was still, even though his tone changed and whatnot, it was still Eddie Van Halen playing guitar. You know, it's like, it was still him. So it's, it's to me, it's still a valid thing. It's like that dude's still playing guitar and writing songs. So I'm going to listen to it. I think the difference between David Lee Roth and um, Sammy Hagar's era in Van Halen is the fact that when, David Lee Roth was in the band. It was more, there's not that many uh, emotional songs. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. They're all party it, was songs. Little, it, was kinda, it was a lot more party. There was, you know, very little introspection. I would, I would, is that yeah. the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah. There's a little bit, there's probably there's a little bit. You can go find a little bit in there. Like I'll wait. Uh, that's yeah. mine. Mm -hmm. um, but then you go to the Sammy Hagar area era and uh, you see the, 
the transformation of the band into a more emotional, deeper. Yeah. You know, like, 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 yeah, that song right now or uh, when it's love. I mean, there's some great love songs, you know, there's some stuff. I mean, and there's still some, there's still some pretty cheap lyrics on some of that stuff. Let's be honest. Sammy Hagar had his moments of like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Those are some good lyrics. And then some like, Oh, come on, dude. Like, you don't, you know, you're, try to write above the 16 you know year old grade level but or 18 um but yeah no it's it's uh there's still valid music and all that and you're right that they did get a little bit more introspective on some of that stuff there's no yeah. doubt and the gary sharon stuff like I, I honestly thought they never gave him an actual good chance um i didn't either to be honest i think i saw one song on on mtv when they used to play videos and i was like oh, that's no. cool fire in the hole or something <laughs> yeah like that. see wow see look at you with the look at you with the trivia i'm i'm impressed i'm a big <laughs> freak man okay hey well then 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 we could be then i'm glad I, I didn't even know i just wore this shirt today i was like i'm yeah, gonna yeah. wear my van halen shirt on the on the interview so I, I have my kids wearing my old van halen shirts around the house yeah just uh that's that's awesome yeah, I was, like, I was like, "Hey, that Van Halen shirt you're wearing—it's worth eighty bucks." He's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's from a concert. Like, that's amazing. From the from the balance uh, era. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I I kind of tuned. I don't know if I tuned out then, but I had uh, fifty one fifty and OU eight one two, and so I was still in high school when those two records came out, and so I was still in it, you know, because because I think those came out what like eighty five, eighty six, in there somewhere, and so I got turned again, this kind of as a musician too, there was a big change in my playing when I got turned on to blues and that happened right around 87, 88. So it's not that I stopped listening to all the hard rock that I was listening to, but I tend to get pretty like tunnel visioned when I get into an artist or, or, or just kind of music. And so when that happened, when I got into blues and blues rock and that kind of stuff, I pretty much switched tracks and was like, okay, I'm going to study this for a while. So a lot of things happened in the late eighties and the nineties um, that I wasn't necessarily hipped. I mean, I, I was aware things were going on. I knew that Van Halen had kept putting out records and all these other things were happening, but uh, I, I was pretty much, you know, listening to Muddy Waters and the Almond Brothers and Stevie Ray Vaughan and BB King at that point, you know. Hey man, it's it's one artist at a time, you know. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes, sometimes like it, it's an artist that catches you off guard, you know. Like uh, there was a band called My Chemical Romance back I, in the day. I remember them. That that first record was like I listened to that record every day for six months. Right, it was great. Wow. Yeah, um, and, and it's it's just stuff like that that catches you off guard. You see the music videos like it. That's a pretty good song. Right? I, you know, I used to teach a lot of guitar lessons uh, at that time. I still teach occasionally, but uh, so I was, I was learning some, so some music was coming out and depending on the age of, of my students, I would hear these songs. So, I mean, that was kind of how I sort of kept in touch with what was going on was learning some of these songs. I remember, I remember a student coming in with uh, a song from the band Muse and I hadn't heard of Muse. I mean, they're an enormous, huge, giant band, but and, 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 and I remember going like, my guitar player's really good. Like that guy's really good, you know? And so that was kind of what kept me sort of connected to what was going on throughout time was teaching guitar lessons and, and a kid would come in with, you know, something like that. And I remember my chemical romance and somebody wanting to learn, you know, one of those songs. So I, I learned one of those songs at some point. I couldn't tell you which one. Yeah. There's so much great music out there. Uh, you just have to look for it, right? Sometimes yeah, it falls in the lap. Um, Alistair, it's been a pleasure of mine to have you on. Thanks, the show. man. I appreciate it. Um, you know what? It's uh, 
pretty cool to meet different artists and, and actors every day. And uh, this one has been pretty cool because you know what? Uh, you like almond milk or whatever. Yeah, your, your almond, bever- almond beverage and Van Halen. And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you can, where can people check you out? Uh, if you can spell my name, which it looks like you can right here, you can just add a .com right there. And then uh, all my social media links are there. Got the YouTube channel and the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter and whatnot. And uh, yeah, fine. I got to do an email list and all my music's up there and videos and all that good stuff. So if you go to alistairgreen.com, boom, magic happens. Awesome. And, and in closing, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, brand new YouTube channel. Uh, f- subscribe to us on Spotify. Keep it up and share the show to, with your friends. And uh, and uh, let's be good. Have some fun and learn to love one another during this time. Thank you so much, Alistair. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it.